At every ARBA convention, we're greeted by a banner that reads, For five days, you don't have to explain to anyone why you raise rabbits. Our hobby sometimes raises eyebrows. You show what? But once you step inside, you'll discover a world full of passionate, interesting people all working toward the ultimate goal, best in show. What can I do for you? Well, I'm looking for a white rabbit. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. If I were looking for a white rabbit, I'd ask the Mad Hatter. Okay, rabbit, you force me to use force. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Best in Show, the only podcast dedicated to the show rabbit and KV industry. This is episode number 27, and we are dedicating it to the 2021 ARBA convention. I am joined each and every week by my glamorous and gifted co-host, Bryony Smith from Kansas. Bryony, how's it going on your part of the world? Well, it's late at night. I'm not, I don't know if glamorous applies anymore. I'm <laughs> a busy day, but Always thank you. you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's um, going well. You know, here are the excitement's building. I know I'm getting out my potential entry rabbits every day for a look-see and, you know, nitpicking at this and that and wondering when the fur is going to finish. And I'm sure all of our listeners are doing the same thing right now. And that's such a smart thing to do, to take those rabbits out every day. Not only are you looking at your entry or potential entry, but just by handling them. And we've talked about this on previous podcasts, by handling them, get your hands through their their fur. It gets them accustomed to being handled. And it also is a great way to, of course, groom them and, and promote fur growth when it's a time of year that fur really doesn't want to do anything but you know fly off of them. Yeah, it is. Um, actually, I was at a show this past weekend in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and it was kind of unseasonably hot that first day we were there. Um, the show committee was very apologetic, but of course, they couldn't control it any more than we could. Um, and I noticed that, you know, some of the rabbits hadn't been handled a whole lot. And this is for a lot of people, you know, one of the first shows of the year. So I would say, you know, even if the rabbit poses easily, which is great, even if maybe you don't feel like you're the best poser in the world, um, get them out and handle them. You know, I do it to mine over lunch break when they're sleepy and they just want to be left alone. Um, a lot of times I will go through and feed and then I'll get them out and handle them when they just want to go back and have their dinner. Um, so it just kind of gets them used to kind of accepting that, you know, whatever the circumstances. Yeah, especially after kind of being out of practice. Maybe they haven't had a lot of show opportunities, as you said. So it's really up to us more than ever to get them accustomed to being handled and and taken out. And, you know, we've you and I have talked about how we pose left-handed, even though we're right-handed people. Um, and you never know which judge you're going to get at convention, whether they're a right-handed or left-handed poser or, you know, right-handed or left-handed period. So it's a good way, even if you're not great at posing opposite of what you're used to, to uh, attempt to, because it gets them used to all angles and, and being looked at in, in different ways. And then of course you get a better view out of them uh, as well. 
Yes, um, and I'm a terrible right-hand poser, but we try. Um, and I will say to include with that, and this is something that Dutch breeders always do because, you know, we have the undercut and the stops to look at. But when you get them out and look at them, turn them over to get them used to not only being posed, but also being turned over very easily. And this is something, you know, you can kind of do even when you're taking them off the table. Just take them off, you know, with one hand in the base, the ears, one in the hindquarter, just kind of roll them over quickly and then carry them back to their cage. That's right. Yeah, they get used to that habit and then it's less less likely for them to kind of freak out uh, on the on the really important days, whether it's on the table or in their cage at the uh, convention in Louisville. So I wanted to thank you. You did a, a great job, by the way, last week with that um, episode 26 being dedicated to a beginner's guide to going to the ARBA convention. And, and you did a lot of research and went through really four or five days of, of pure chaos, which a convention can be. And uh, you penciled out some of the, the highlights. And I think it was a great episode. And I hope that our listeners got a chance to, to tune into that one. Um, and if not, it's going to be a timeless one because it, it talks about their convention uh, for, for now and for years to come and lots of great tips and tidbits on how to make that convention, whether it's your first or your 50th, a successful and, and fluent one. So great job for that. And I hope our listeners got a chance to listen. And if not, of course, that link is on our podcast uh, forever and ever, and you can find it on the rabbitry as well. So that, uh, episode 26 dedicated to going to the convention. Lots of tips. And uh, again, great job. Well, thank you. And you were a great part of that too. So thank you as well. You did a fantastic job. And and again, I just, I hope it's helpful. Me too. So we are actually a month away from the ARBA convention in Louisville. And uh, at this time, really in a month, breeders from across North America are going to be hitting the roads, interstates, freeways, wherever you come from. And they're all going to be diverging on Louisville. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to take a look at convention pass and some little facts. Um, so, you know, obviously we're in Louisville this year, we had a year off and Louisville has been a, a popular destination for Airbnb conventions in our past, right? My first Louisville experience was in 1999. How about yours? Uh, mine was also 99. That one was a special one for me. That was where I took and passed my Airbnb judges test. Oh my gosh. Wow. So this is a, this is like this is like going home for you this this year. It is. Yeah. Louisville is one of those special places for me. And you get to go there this time in your new role, big role, which is ARBA standards chair. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's been like a new beginning every time at Louisville. The last one was in 08, of course. And that was the first time I won any sort of national award with my rebuilt herd. So that was really special time, too. Very special. So 99 may have been our first time to Louisville with an ARBA convention, but did you know that it was actually in Louisville four times previous to 1999? Actually, I didn't. I knew about 1995 um, no. because I was active but missed that one, but I didn't know about the other three. So 2021 will mark the seventh time the ARBA has gone to Louisville, Kentucky for the ARBA convention. The first time the ARBA convention was in Louisville was actually in 1934. And then it was back in Louisville in 1961, 1966, and as you said, 1995. And then we both got there in 99. A lot of us were there in 08. And of course, many, many of us are going to be there in 2021. So this will be ARBA's seventh time in Louisville, Kentucky, which is kind of cool. If you look at the history of ARBA conventions, a lot of states are repeated, but very few cities are repeated. Kentucky, in particular, Louisville has hosted the convention seven times in history. And that's a real special um, kind of tribute to the Kentucky State Fairgrounds, which is host to 
really big livestock expositions and horse shows throughout the year. It's not just um, the Kentucky State Fair, which you know owns that grounds. It's it's livestock shows almost every weekend. And um, this year, for example, I'll be there for the rabbit convention, but then I, I return in three weeks to work at the North American International Livestock Expo. I'm on the uh, the sheep committee there every year. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time in Louisville, but Louisville and that, that fairgrounds and the Department of Ag in Kentucky is really dedicated to preserving agriculture, not just in their state, but across our, our great country. Um, and it's no wonder that that we've been going to Louisville for so long. Yeah, it's a wonderful facility. And like you said, the support from the state and just, you know, the whole area um, of the city, actually, because we're very close to Churchill Downs, is very much a celebration of agriculture and excellence in breeding. Absolutely. So speaking of past ARBA conventions, we know that Louisville will mark its seventh time hosting the ARBA convention, but got some guesses for me. Which U.S. state has hosted the most ARBA conventions? What do you think? Um, Pennsylvania? Nope. Give me one more guess. Ohio. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Ohio is number two. Okay. They have hosted the Airbnb convention eight times. Okay. One more guess. Ah, uh, Missouri? Nope. They were, they were like top six or seven. Ready? Okay. Uh-huh. The U.S. state that has hosted the most ARBA conventions, drum roll, okay, I'm excited because I'm from it. It's California. Wow. California has hosted the ARBA convention nine times throughout history. Second being Ohio with eight times. Uh, Illinois and Texas both share the third spot at seven times. Louisville, Kentucky will join that uh, after 2021. And then currently Indiana has held the convention six times. Pretty cool, huh? That is, you know, I think we all, and me too, I, I admit my convention placement history knowledge goes pretty much back to the early 90s. Um, but I think we think of the conventions in California as being sort of a newer thing because they've, you know, been more frequent recently over the past, you know, 15, 20 years or so. Well, that is a very good point. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you some, a couple more facts about that. And that relates to exactly what you just said. So the first ARBA convention held in California was in 1926 in Anaheim. It returned to Arcadia, California in 1939, Long Beach in 1949, Pomona in 1965, Ventura in 1974, Pomona again in 1991. And then from 1991 until 2001, the ARBA did not go to California for a convention. But it was in 2001 that the ARBA returned with the Del Mar or the San Diego convention. And of course, we were at the same location in 2009 and 2016. So you are totally right on that, that void. Both you and I kind of got into rabbits in the 90s when it was a 20-year hiatus from our no, oh, sorry, 10-year hiatus from going to get California for those conventions. Yeah. Um, I really wonder about the entry numbers for some of those early conventions. You know, before it was common to take rabbits by air, which not even that many exhibitors do now. Um, but definitely, you know, the highway system wasn't what it was, and um, neither were vehicles. You have to wonder, you know, what the entry numbers were like in 1926. No kidding. And to look at these cities today, I'm looking at this list, they're all cities based in Southern California. And if you're a Californian showing rabbits, or you've, you, Brian, you've judged out here a lot, you know that a, not a lot happens anymore in the Southern part of our state. It's it's turned into a, 
a bustling city from San Diego to Orange County to LA. It's not a place of agriculture anymore. But back in those days, it was actually one of the the the, the epicenters for rabbits. Um, I remember hearing once that back in those days, the ARBA convention was the biggest show in the country, followed by number two, which was the Colorado State Fair. And then the third biggest show in the country back in those days was actually the LA or Los Angeles County Fair in Pomona. So uh, it kind of makes sense that if it was the Mecca back then, that those conventions would have been based in Southern California. Today, if you're from California or you visited here as a judge or, or an exhibitor, you know that most of our breeders and exhibitors live north of what we call the grapevine, which is the mountain which divides Southern California from Northern California, even though it's the Northern California at that point is two thirds of the state. Um, but most of us live you know, in, in the northern part of the state, I live in the center part of the state, but um, Southern California today is not the epicenter that it once was. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've I've heard about it being, you know, far more agricultural back then and even a bit more rural than it is now. Yeah, now it's all paved over and it's cul-de-sacs and millions of people and and 15 lane, free, lane freeways. I, I, I drove on one yesterday, in fact, uh, took me an hour and a half to go. 20 miles. And it was, I was actually headed to Pomona. So yeah, it's, it's totally different uh, landscape from what it was. So let, speaking of uh, kind of convention trivia, uh, here, I'm going to test you because you, you said you're up for this. Okay. Uh, by the way, 2021 marks the 40th year since the ARBA began choosing a best in show for open at the convention. So that was in 1971 at the convention where Open Best in Show was first time chosen just for Open, by the way. We'll talk about youth in a second and KVs. But in 1971, that was the first year that the ARBA decided to choose a Best in Show, even though conventions had been happening since the 20s. Which breed, Bryony, do you think has won more Open Best in Shows than any other? New Zealand. Bingo. Got that one right. Okay. They have won Best in Show at convention 11 times since the beginning in 1971. Which breed do you think in youth has won more Best in Shows? Maylop. Close, but it is actually also the New Zealand. They have won ARBA convention youth best in show six times. Pretty cool, right? That is. And I would guess that Silver Martins and Florida Whites are close behind and open. They they were not far behind. Yeah. And Mini Lops (laughs) were really, really popular in that youth um in that youth list. By the way, you can find all this information out. I didn't just like spend my day digging through documents like like you probably would have uh, in the ARBA handbook, which you can get from the ARBA. It lists all of the convention past winners, histories about which cities they were held in and who our officers were. So if you want to geek out, totally recommend getting the current ARBA member handbook, uh, which has all this information in there. Uh, and by the way, the youth best in show for an ARBA convention was not actually chosen until 1977. So I said that 1971 marked the very first year that that open best in show was chosen, but it was 1977 that marked the first year that youth were chosen. Um, And since we are a podcast dedicated to both rabbits and KVs, let's talk about KVs. Um, It's going to be actually this year, the 45th year since choosing KV best in show at an ARBA convention. So Bryony, guesses on this, which breed of KV do you think has one more open best in shows? Um... I'm going to say American because for a long time, there are only three breeds or maybe Peruvian because I think that was one of the original three as well. You're very good. Yes, it was American and Peruvian was a close second. And if you actually look back in the youth best in shows, all right, I'm going to give this one away. But since 1974, the American has also won best in show more than any other KV breed in youth uh, with 18 best in shows. And what's really interesting is early on, like in the 70s and 80s, when youth KV was kind of a beginning to be chosen. It won year after year after year for like six solid years. So Americans 
in both open and youth have won more best in shows at ARBA conventions in KVs with Americans and open holding 12 of those best in shows and um, 18, a remarkable 18 for Americans in youth. That's so between rabbits and KVs, open youth, it's two breeds, two or two, yeah, two breeds. We have American KVs and New Zealand rabbits. That's really impressive. And I actually did not know that open KVs had been selecting a best in show longer than open rabbits had. I'm guessing that they were less prone to fist fights than rabbit exhibitors. <laughs> well, unless you ask uh, Steve and Margie, they may say, well, unless there was a, a rabbit judge picking best in show that year, because it sounds like back then rabbit <laughs> judges were hauled in at those local shows to judge best in show or to judge the KV show. But I, I have a feeling they were actually KV judges picking best in show. Let's, let, let's hope back in 1974, a rabbit judge wasn't picking the KV best in show. But yeah, it was 1974 where both um, open and youth KVs were chosen for their first best in shows. And Americans have held the crown ever since. Interesting. All right, so I'm done with my facts. Totally interesting. I was really excited to share it with you because I know that you were geek out with me on, on all those, those facts. But let's talk about this year, 2021. We are going to convention. Finally, it's that big family ARBA reunion, October 23rd through 27th, 2021 in Louisville. And we want to give a big shout out to Crossroads, Rabbit, and KB Shows for hosting this convention. And uh, we can't wait to see everyone there. So before we dive into that, we want to remind everyone that you can continue to find our episodes, current and past ones and upcoming ones through the Rabbitry page on Facebook. So follow the Rabbitry on Facebook for current and past links to our Best in Show podcast. And of course, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, whatever platform Best in Show is on it, please follow us, please like us, share us, and your five stars and your comments mean the world to us as well. And we will continue to read those from our guests as we uh, continue to go on in this journey of podcasting uh, about rabbits and KVs. All right, enough about that. Bryony, let's dive into Louisville. All right. Um, let's start first. There are a few things that are a little bit different at this convention than there have been at past conventions. Um, we would encourage everyone to purchase a catalog if you have not already. You can get that in either a paper version or a download um, by email. Um, one of the things that's different this year is that due to some materials issues because of the pandemic and some shipping issues, the committee is not able to commit to having coop cups to provide for animals. So they are asking all exhibitors to bring their own coop cups. We talked a little bit on last week's episode about different types that people may use, um, some kind of problems that you may have with the same types that you use in your carrier because the wire is spaced a bit differently. Um, if you maybe don't have cups to bring or you're flying and you don't, you're not sure if you can pack some, most of our vendors that are coming will happily take your pre-orders and I'm sure can help answer some questions about which products would work the best on the wire with the coops at convention. So I would encourage everyone to start making some plans about your coop cups. Um, and again, if you need something, if you place a pre-order with the vendors and talk to them and see which day they're arriving, that will be ready for you when you show up. Totally. And that's a great point. And then I think a lot of people that go to convention for the first time don't realize that cups are, are historically provided in a quantity by the convention host. They're metal. They look like they look like uh, Campbell's soup cans without labels. Right. Um, I mean, they're kind of sharp. They're not great, but they're free. So bring your own this year, especially because we're not quite sure if we're going to even have access to, to those numbers. And it's always good to let your rabbits and your KVs 
you know, eat and drink out of something that they're more familiar with too. That bringing in that familiarity from the environment that they came from is always a great idea to get them adjusted. So just, just, just pack it up. And if you don't, then of course the vendors will be stocked and ready to supply you with all of your cup needs. Yes, they will. Just remember that while the showroom is going to be open for check-in for 24 hours um, beginning on that Thursday, vendors will not be. So plan accordingly if you're depending on cups to be available when you arrive. And let's talk about, um, since we're talking about, you know, cooping, and that's one of the very first things that we do when we go to convention. And, you know, before you ever actually get your packet, we recommend just getting your rabbits and KVs unloaded and getting them uh, eating and drinking and, and somewhat into a new environment that they can adjust to before judging. Um, bedding this year is going to be only pine shaving. So if you've used straw in the past, um, I know some of the larger breeds like to use straw. That's not going to be allowed. I'm not quite sure why. Probably it's a host venue thing where they don't have a way to dispose it. That's oftentimes how these venues work. Uh, straw is a little bit harder to get rid of than, than shaving. So they are going to be on pine shavings. Those pine shavings will be provided uh, by the convention. So you don't have to bring your own shavings. Um, but that is the only option for bedding this year at the convention. Um, and with the with the uh, I have no straw that also goes with you know no hay they can't be bedded on hay but um, they can have a little bit to eat I'm sure yeah a little bit of hay to eat is fine um, just a few wisps here and there but um, you know hay that is intended to be consumed and not disposed of exactly. So another um, change this year is the parking passes. The um, parking passes will be sold once you get into the convention. You can find those at the apparel booth. Um, again, this may not be open 24 hours a day. I would expect that it probably won't be. You will have to pay to park the first time you come in. The fee has not been posted, but it's a good idea to plan to bring some cash along with you. I know that I'm not always very good about carrying cash. Um, but it can come in very handy. And, you know, even if there's a card reader available at the gate, it takes longer to do that than it does to just hand some cash over and receive change. Um, so I would suggest bringing some cash along to help expedite that process. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point about bringing cash. And, you know, sometimes we're, every convention host is a bit different and it's often contingent on what the host venue like this year being Kentucky State Fairgrounds, what what they are requiring. So the host club doesn't have anything to do with the parking pass or, you know, when you can buy it. But sometimes in the past, we go to these conventions and it's free to, to drive in on check-in day. Um, so don't get used to that <laughs> this year anyway. This year, you've got to pay. So have some cash available to at least get you through the door. And as you just said, Bryony, those um, weekly passes will be available through the Crossroads Rabbit and KB Shows merchandise booth. So you can purchase that and then you'll never have to stop and give out your money again as you pass through the rest of the week. So, um, you know, we're all talking about, you know, the conveniences of this convention and Brian, you, you and I love a convenient convention when you can just kind of roll out of bed and walk down and there you are this year. You, you can't walk by a sky bridge, but it's still one of the more convenient conventions that uh, we're accustomed to with the airport being literally across the street from the Kentucky State Fairgrounds where the host convention is being held. And the host hotels are also right there. In fact, they're in between the airport and the convention center. So one of the questions some people ask is, well, I have to rent a car if I fly in. And it's always nice to have a car. It's, of course, more convenient because it's on your time. But if you're staying at one of those host hotels, we imagine that there will be uh, shuttles available from like the Crown Plaza, for example, which will just take you across the street. And it's not too far of a walk. But as we all know, in the morning when it's a rush, you want to get there fast. So the faster to get there will be, of course, the shuttle. But I, I don't think for this one, if you're going to stick with the area and you're not going to go out and, and, and sightsee, you probably don't have to rent a car to, to get 
around. Unless you have, of course, lots of rabbits and cavies and carriers, then, then we totally recommend a car or phoning a friend for that extra support. Yes. Um, this is actually a convention that I've done some like ride sharing to, and I've had a pretty easy time just finding rides to and from the showroom, you know, cause we all rode together. Then we unloaded the animals that has been more difficult at some other conventions like Indy and Harrisburg, where it was a bit of a drive to and from the showroom. Um, it's a little bit more of a walk than you probably want to take between the host hotel and the showroom, but it's a quick ride. And quite honestly, we're rabbit people. A lot of times you can find a buddy that's staying there or just kind of go meander the lobby and someone will give you a ride. <laughs> I know I've done that a few times. No kidding. <laughs> We've all done that. And, you know, Brandon, when you think about Louisville, I mean, I always think about rabbit conventions, but historically for the rest of the country, when we think about Louisville, there's some historic sites and things in the culture of Louisville and Kentucky that only happen there. So you might want a rental car, for example. And, um, you know, these conventions oftentimes serve as a vacation destination for us diehard rabbit and KV people. And we oftentimes maybe bring our spouse that isn't as diehard as we are. So there are lots of things to do outside the showroom that will keep them entertained while we are, you know, indulging in what we've missed for the last two years. Um, and I know that this convention has a, a bunch of great activities uh, planned. And as I said, what is, what is Louisville known for? And when you think about Louisville, I think about Churchill Downs and, and horse racing. And, um, and then of course, Louisville in terms of like the Louisville slugger and baseball history. Uh, what do you think about when you think of Louisville other than rabbits and cavies, of course? Uh, both of those things, um, as well as I think there's a great zoo um, and just, you know, temperate weather. It's a nice place to go out and about, go exploring. You're not going to freeze. Um, the most part, you'll be pretty comfortable. Um, bourbon is a thing in Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, if ah, yes, maybe it is. a uh-huh if someone wants to go on some of those tours um so there's all sorts of things for people to do um and again the weather is good for that sort of thing have you ever been to uh lexington kentucky i have not no it is beautiful two years ago when i worked at the north american international life expo i spent a couple days after the show and visited uh, my friend dominic who also had rabbits at one time and spent some time where he lives in Lexington, and it is a beautiful city, and it's very, very dedicated to the horse industry, and the uh, the culture there is is literally all horse, um, and the countryside is just rolling green hills. It's absolutely gorgeous. Even in October, it will be rolling green hills. So if you do have that rental car, or if you're a spouse or have a spouse that may not want to go into the rabbit barn all the time, uh, we recommend you know heading over to Lexington. It's a gorgeous city and it's about an hour and a half drive from Louisville. So it's not too terribly far. No, it's not. Um, and you're right. It is still green that time of year. And uh, an hour and a half is sometimes welcome to some rabbit spouses just for the peace and quiet after the pandemonium of the convention showroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't relate to them, but I can step back and imagine how relieved they would be to, yes, get in the car and drive for an hour and a half away from it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You and I would be dedicated, um, though. We're not leaving. The, yeah, I, I'm basically on call the whole week. I really can't go anywhere, um, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Um, one more thing that's different this year is the best in show judging. Often this is done when an entry is made. 
Um, this year, you will have a paper ballot as a part of your check-in packet, and you will just mark your ballot and place that in the marked container in the check-in area. So please make sure to check your packets for those. I know that every year there are some changes to the judges list between the printing of the catalog and the convention itself. You know, when entry numbers come in, sometimes a breed has more entries than expected and a judge needs to be added or maybe fewer entries than expected and a judge needs to be moved to something else or maybe moved between open and youth. Um, so this will allow for the list to be a little more accurate and make sure that all of our judges who are judging at convention are able to be represented on that ballot. So please do take a minute to go through your check-in packet and just find the name of a judge who you believe deserves the honor of selecting a group or best in show at convention and return that ballot to the marked box. And totally vote. Like your vote does count and it means the world to those judges that get nominated. So think about that one that, that, you know, has been influential to you or you feel just has a great scope of the standard, um, you know, fill up that, that ballot and turn it into uh, the, you know, the, the check-in area once that ballot box is open and do take part because your voice matters in, in the, in the layout of the best in show ceremony, which of course is the pinnacle event at every ARBA convention. So Brian, yes, what else is. is different about this convention? That's kind of a, a new advent that uh, maybe our exhibitors aren't familiar with. Well, the big new advent that um, will be going into place at convention this year is a health check upon entering the showroom. This is something that I know our president Hayhow has worked on with the convention committee. It will be a visual inspection um, nobody will be taking your rabbits out of their carriers. Nobody will be handling your rabbits. They will simply be observing the rabbits in the carriers. There's a form that it, the inspectors will have to fill out. And again, these will be volunteers from among our rabbit breeders and exhibitors themselves. Um, that says the health check process will involve a visual inspection of each rabbit and KV in the carrying case. The examination is visual and focuses on the animal's eyes, nose, ears, respiration, and the cage. So they're looking for things like an animal that's very stressed, some sort of respiratory problem, diarrhea, an injury such as a broken leg or a broken back, or excess discharge from the eyes, mouth, nose, vent area, ears, etc. List type of discharge. This is all from the intake form. So someone will be looking over all the rabbits as they come in, yours included. Um, we know that sometimes rabbits do get a little bit stressed on that trip. So it might not be a bad idea to bring an extra empty carrier along with you. And if you have some animals that maybe are looking stressed um, when you arrive, you can put them in another carrier and maybe try to again and bring them in tomorrow if you let them settle down a bit overnight. Um, those that do not meet the visual inspection will... Um, be sent to isolation area or sick bay. So whoever's inspecting these animals will fill out a form with their name, the rabbit's ear number, the problem noted, and the animals will be directed toward an isolation or a sick bay area. So you will not have to find someplace else to house them. They will be housed in the showroom, but it'll be separately from the others. Um, and I know that sometimes people feel like this is a little bit intrusive, but I think we all like to know that someone has had our, their eyes on the rabbits that are going to be next to ours all week. Um, so it's a little bit of insurance for all of us. It's also, you know, a little bit of insurance for everybody that um, is in the showroom, is maybe concerned about their animals, and just, you know, just make sure we have had some eyes on them and they're not obviously sick animals coming into the showroom. 
That's a great point. And it, it does benefit each and every one of us. While it may seem like an inconvenience or, as you said, kind of an intrusion because we're not used to it. Let's face it. If you if you show other uh, animals, other livestock, a health check is pretty mandatory at most events that I travel with my goats or like the North American in Louisville uh, for the large animal species, they go through a rigorous health inspection and it's not done by volunteers. It's actually done by a veterinarian and the line is very long and it's, it's that it's actually quite inconvenient, but it does benefit those that are attending. And as you said, these are going to be volunteers. It's not going to be a veterinarian. It's not going to be rigorous where they're inspecting and turning over every, every, every little fur to fur fiber to find out what's wrong. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be very general, but it's going to be great for all of us. And as you said, no one wants to be next to that, you know, snotty rabbit or, or rabbit that wasn't feeling well during the week of convention. Um, and it's great to hear that we're not going to have to reinvent the wheel to find a place to keep those animals that may be, you know, kicked out during that health inspection, that there will be a place in the showroom or somewhere maybe outside the showroom that the convention committee has designated. So don't keep your, if you have a, you know, rejected animal, it does not go in the car as with any other time, keeping your animals in your car is a no, no. It's actually one of the Airbnb convention show rules for every convention. It's not healthy. It's not safe. And it does not bode well for our industry and um, anyone that, may have to happen to come across those rabbits or cavies in the vehicles. So no animals in the, in the vehicles, sick ones, will go to sick bay. And in the end, this is all for our benefit. Yes, it really is. And, you know, I would encourage everyone to just, as you're unloading those rabbits onto your cart or whatever you use, just take a look over them yourselves. Um, you know, maybe you've got one that's not taking the trip so well. Maybe you're, you know, using water bowls. One of them's taking a face plant into there and they're, you know, sneezing it out. You might want to just set that animal aside. Maybe even just let it wait in the car for a little while until you get yourself unloaded. It gets itself cleaned up um, and it's more presentable. And again, remember that this is like the judging table where those doing the inspections are not making a diagnosis. They're simply looking for symptoms. When we judge we disqualify based on symptoms. We are not diagnosing, um, but these symptoms have been recognized as potential issues. Right. Those are symptoms that we're all familiar with, that we all look for in our own rabbit trees throughout the year, every day when we're out there in our barns. So these are not these are not some weird <laughs> diseases that you just have never seen before or can't diagnose yourself. So you're, if there's an issue you, and you kind of see it, you may, first of all, don't bring it. <laughs> just avoid the embarrassment and the stress of all that. Um, and then two, they're not going to be looking for anything from Mars. This is not, this is not, uh, <laughs> this is not the CDC coming in and, and diagnosing new things for, for rabbits. So, um, and that inspection, by the way, is going to take place from the beginning of check-in on Thursday, the 21st through Saturday, uh, the 23rd PM, um, when everyone is supposed to be in the room and cooped as it is. So that inspection takes place in the beginning of the convention as everyone is coming in the doors. Yes, it does. And I know that some of the board members have been asked to volunteer for this. I've asked the standards committee members to volunteer for this as well. Um, so again, just just make sure to be kind to those volunteers. Remember that they're there to protect the health of everyone's animals. You got it. So another thing that we need lots of every year at convention is volunteer help. Yes. Anyone that's worked behind the scenes at a convention knows that every hand that is raised and willing is going to be taken and with the most gratitude. Yes, it is. We have reached out to the convention hosts and we have got a list of some volunteer opportunities for you. Although there are definitely more opportunities to volunteer, even with, you know, your breed, running animals, writing, um, even sitting in the booth, selling raffle tickets. Um, there are just really numerous opportunities. We really would encourage anyone 
to find some way to just volunteer to help on some level. Um, it's a really rewarding thing to do. It's fun to be part of it. And, you know, you get to know people. And this does not require, you know, extensive knowledge and history of convention processes. Um, many of these jobs are actually very simple. Yeah, so like... To- <laughs> I know you're going to talk, you're going to talk about coup cards. Aren't you? I'm, I'm just envisioning the volunteers, <laughs> volunteer jobs that we've had at our conventions back here. And, and one of those that kind of like mindless jobs that is you got to just describe, I'm going to use a different word um, is like the tearing of the, the comment cards for, you know, judging day. So once all of the entries, once all the, the animals are, are in their coops, everyone has submitted their, you know, check-in packets with their changes on them. Then behind the scenes, there's a team that you don't even see. They're sitting behind computers and they're inputting all of those changes. And then they're going to print all night long the comment cards to get judging ready for Sunday morning. And it's actually a really fun kind of night job. If you're a night person, it's wonderful where you sit kind of in a room and you're mindlessly tearing comment cards, but you're meeting new people. As you said, it's a great way to meet people and find out how conventions are run. You don't need a lot of skill set to do it. And it's there's often a lot of laughter and chatter. And it's this year more than ever, a time for us to get back together with people and meet new people and see faces we haven't seen in a long time. So that uh, tearing of coop cards is one of the big things. And that's going to take place on the, uh, what night is that? The 22nd? No, sorry. Uh, uh, the coop the cards themselves, that begins on the 19th because the coop cards have to be torn apart and placed in order before they can be stapled on the coops. All right. Um, I have so botched that, by the way. So I have, com- I have okay. completely confused coop cards with comic cards. I got way too excited about comic cards. I'm going to digress and let you take over. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of cards. No worries. And and you're right. A lot of this is literally going on behind the curtains at most conventions. But the energy back there is just really something something special and unique, I think. Um, There's a sense of the magnitude of the show and, you know, the momentousness of the task, but also great camaraderie and fun. I've enjoyed it. So beginning on October 19th, um, afternoon into evening, we need volunteers to help tear apart coop cards and bereed variety and class order to prepare those for being stapled on the coops. In the 20th and the 21st, that's when volunteers will be needed to staple coop cards to the cage boards, which is what the cage rests on, vibrate in class, and then begin putting shavings into cages. So, you know, you're right. A lot of these jobs are, I mean, you don't want to say mindless, but it's not something that requires a lot of concentration. <laughs> I did. Um, you just go along. They're important and, jobs. No, no, no. It's It's true. Right. They're very important jobs, but, you know, you don't have to concentrate on, you know, tossing some shavings into coops. You can double up with a friend and they can do one side of the row. You can do the other. You can have a nice chat. We'll just toss in some shavings into coops. It's it's great. Um, you got it. On the 22nd, they will need help labeling envelopes. These are for check-in packets and to set at the entry table and answer questions, as well as stuff envelopes, those check-in packets. If you're wondering how that works, all of this is by your entry number, which you will see as soon as you make an entry into the convention. Um, so all of the check-in sheets, all of the coop cards, all of the comment cards, all of these things will be assigned to those packets by those entry numbers. So you just match those. On the 23rd, um, which is the first official day of convention, the Saturday, they will need help at the entry booth, again, stuffing envelopes. This is where we start tearing apart those comment cards to make up the judging packets. This is the night before judging begins. And again, like you said, this is a time when there's really an incredible energy in the room. And it is a lot of your night owls making sure everything's all ready for that early morning the next day. I just want to pay attention to John and, and uh, Jenny Port from Australia. They come every year to the Airbnb convention. I don't think they're going to be here this year because of COVID restrictions, but 
those guys show up. They don't have rabbits, of course, in the United States, but they show up every year and tear comic cards late into the night. And they're always there helping behind the uh, scenes wherever the convention is. It doesn't matter what city or what host club is putting it on. They are always volunteering. So it doesn't matter where you're from or if you even know the committee that, that is putting on the convention. This is a job that anyone can jump in on. And the convention com- host committee will be very happy to accept you and make you part of their their team for that night or or. Yeah, yeah. Again, um, like we said, most of these jobs, you know, are easy for a first timer to do just as well as someone who's been to 50 conventions and knows everything. It, they they are easy instructions and they're easy to do. And clearly I get way too excited on about it, so I'm going to back away. <laughs> on the 24th, which is the day judging begins, they'll need help handing out judging packets. That means delivering those packets of control sheets and comment cards to the correct judging table, receiving those back, bringing those back in from those breed tables, and beginning double checks of those. That will continue through the 25th. Um, working with the judging packets. Then once these come back in, the entry sheet or the control sheets are used to input results and then remark cards go back into the checkout packets. And those again are sorted by exhibitor. That um, is where you will match the entry number on that remark card to the entry number on that packet, labeling those results envelopes, getting those ready to go. And then on the 27th Wednesday morning, they will need help in distributing those checkout packets and the results book. There are, of course, lots of other things to do with the convention in general. There are booths that need assistance. If you would like to volunteer, you can sign up in advance. You're asked to email twinbarns08 at gmail.com. That's just how it sounds. T-W-I-N-B-A-R-N-S-0-8 at gmail.com. And you can talk about what you would like to do and how you would like to be contacted both before and during the show. And there are also some volunteer opportunities during our youth contests. Yes, there are. And you and I would not be here if it wasn't for those youth contests every year at convention. And they were certainly there when, when you and I were getting our start and the volunteers behind that are the backbone to the, the vibrant youth part of our association. And, and Tom Berger, the committee chairman for the ARB youth committee, um, needs your help. So uh, what are those some of those uh, jobs, Bryony, that uh, anyone can jump in and, and volunteer to do, whether you've got kids competing or not? Um, there is a check-in there. And on Saturday the 23rd, the contests themselves begin at 11 a.m. The ID contest begins. For these ID and judging contests, they need people to time contestants just to keep an eye on them, make sure they're moving through the line, kind of direct traffic, um, things like this. There will be a skeleton and quiz bowl that day. There are the team events. That's really a busy day. Um, there are some people needed to judge showmanship. Um, during some of these times, some of that does require a bit more knowledge of rabbits. But a lot of what goes on on Saturday is simply just directing traffic, arranging kids, taking paperwork to and from. Um, that's, you know, a big busy day on that Saturday. On Sunday, the royalty contestants have the written test. There will be um, probably some proctors needed. Every year, the youngest group of kids do have access to people who can read the tests to them and, you know, help them 
to select, not, you know, help them select as in find the right answer, but help them, you know, choose the answer that they feel is appropriate um, for each number of question, make sure that that form is completed correctly, because, you know, some of these kids are young, they're maybe not used to taking tests quite so often in school or with as many questions. So just making sure that they can understand the questions and that they can correctly, you know, give their answers that they believe um, are the right ones. Then on Monday, there are the oral interviews. This requires a little bit of rabbit knowledge, um, but you'll be given a scoring rubric. Um, so this may be better for someone that that's a little familiar with kids and rabbits and has worked with that. But again, this can be anybody from anywhere. If you're interested in volunteering to help with the youth contests, you can contact Tom Berger and he can give you some times and dates. His email is arbayouth at arba.com. And, you know, a lot of parents go to the conventions, their kids are competing, whether they're in those contests or, or simply showing rabbits and cavies, and, you know, they might be kind of bored. It's a great place for parents that are looking for some time to focus on, on helping out and maybe some time to, you know, put their energy towards something that they, that they deeply feel passionate about. So we highly recommend getting all the Tom and, and volunteering your time, even if it's just for a couple hours, it will mean the, the world to him. And, uh, your impact is is longstanding within the kids that benefit from those programs, just like you and me. Yes, it is. And that's another place where it's really wonderful to be a part of that energy. And I know that, you know, despite the kind of hectic schedule I'm going to have this year and probably for the foreseeable future, um, I've kind of found a niche where I can carve out some time and go be part of that on Saturday. So I'm excited about that. That's so awesome. And uh, I want to mention something too from uh, from my side of things. You and I are both always super busy at conventions. Uh, this year, you more than ever. Um, but each and every year, I put on something called RabbitCon. And it's an educational symposium, which takes place on Friday evening and all day Saturday. So the very first couple days of convention. And we have speakers coming from around the country. We have some international speakers that are going to be joining us this year. Um, we've got topics from... Uh, a winning show routine awards. Uh, we're going to talk about furless rabbits with Dr. Luke Farr and his actually updated version of rabbit production book. And Bryony, you are also going to be uh, speaking at RabbitCon this year uh, on developing new varieties and breeds tips for COD holders. So we're super excited to have you. We've actually got 24 unique classes planned this year. And that schedule is posted on the ARBA convention website. You can click on RabbitCon schedule to find out uh, more about those talks and when they occur. And you can also pre-register with your entries, um, or you can also buy at the door, but it's actually a little bit cheaper if you pre-register. Yes, it is. And and I would really recommend this to anyone too. You know, like we've talked about before, sometimes people aren't able to make, you know, every session that is held or, you know, there's a chunk of time when they can't be there. But this is a really, really valuable symposium for anyone who's interested in these various aspects of rabbits and cavies, which, you know, for nerds like us is pretty much everything. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to go to a few of those sessions too. Yes, you are more than welcome. I'm happy to have you there. I know you've spoken at RabbitCon several times in the past on some really great and important topics. And these are different than the judges conferences, which focus more on the evaluation side of, of rabbits and cavies and, you know, some of the nuances that occur there. This is more on, you know, the breeder perspective and the show person's pr perspective, exhibitor perspective. Um, so it dives into everything other than actually using the standard to evaluate and judge. So this is this is focused on on topics for literally everybody. So we hope to see you at RabbitCon, uh, this convention in Louisville. I can't wait to see everyone again. Yes, it will be exciting. 
All right. What a great episode, Brian. I'm so excited to see everyone in Louisville. And I know you are too. It's been a long, long haul since we got our rabbit and KB family together again for that reunion. Um, again, all these links are available to everyone that a lot of the things that we actually talked about tonight are from an FAQ document on the ARBA convention host website. You can pull that up and there's lots of great questions that everybody has, whether you've been doing this uh, your first time or whether you've been doing it forever. Um, all those answers are there. And of course, the amazing Crossroads Committee is there to answer those questions through email and their social uh, media outlets like Facebook. So make sure to follow those on there. Um, and as always, we'd like to remind everyone that the Rabbitry on Facebook will continue to serve as our hub for this Best in Show podcast for current and past episodes. So make sure that you share and like and follow the Rabbitry on Facebook and scroll on down. Convention's coming up. We've got long drives ahead of us all, and it's a great way to catch up on previous podcast episodes. We are already, I can't believe it, at episode 27. That means there's that many more that are already archived and ready for you to listen to and geek out to and, and enjoy on your travels to Louisville. So like us, follow us to the rabbitry on Facebook, check out those links and subscribe to us. It's totally free, whether it's Apple podcasts, Spotify, audible, Google play, it doesn't matter. We're free. And you can listen to the only podcast dedicated to rabbits and cavies uh, in the show industry uh, on your way to Louisville or cleaning your barn or wherever it is that you want to get a little dose of what you love so much. Yes, we are. And we are planning to continue to expand this list of podcasts and even do a little bit of recording at convention. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're going to surprise everyone with some really cool stuff ahead. Well, I hate to end this podcast on a sad note, but I wanted to take a moment to uh, recognize a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of, of many hour, of ours, um, Stephanie Deathridge. Also, a lot of us know her as uh, Stephanie Karen, and she grew up in the ARBA. She uh, very sadly passed away this past month uh, due to complications with COVID. Uh, and she leaves behind a, a beautiful family, including a newborn son, Grant. Uh, Stephanie was an ARB registrar from California, though she had been living in Oregon for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, she was a rabbit and cavey breeder, but she was most notably known for her sincere advocacy of the ARBA youth programs and our industry as a whole. And, you know, whether or not she was actively showing or not, she was always there to support. And we were talking about comment cards. And maybe I'm so excited to talk about comment cards tonight in our podcast, because one of my, my vivid memories of Stephanie was at the San Diego convention in Del Mar in 2016, when there were just a shell group of us late one night getting ready for judging the next morning. We're talking like two or three in the morning. And she was one of those dedicating faces there, tearing comment cards along with all of us and making us laugh. And um, she will be, she will be greatly missed. Um, what's, kind of crazy. I happened to look at my text today from her and she happened to write, write to me back in May and she she wrote about the podcast to me. She said, I just finished listening uh, on a long two-day journey and I spent the last four hours listening to the Best in Show podcast. I love it. Um, thanks for doing it. Um, her infectious smile and playful character will be sincerely missed. Uh, I vividly, again, we'll remember those moments at the convention and so many others. Um, so our our deepest thoughts go to her husband, Ben, uh, their children, and entire family. Um, and that includes rabbit family. So with that, Bryony, uh, why don't you take it away? This has been a hard year for a lot of us in the hobby. Um, we've, we were just talking about that at the show last week. We've lost a lot of people this year, and things are going to look a little different at convention this year. But I think it's a reminder to appreciate who we're with and where we are and 
try to take some time to live in the moment and make some more of these memories that we can hold on to because we don't know what's going to happen between this one and the next. Yeah. <laughs> Give your rabbit family and KV family a big hug next time you see them. And that will probably be very soon here in Louisville. Yes. Yes. I plan on doing a whole lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's required. It is. So until next time, talk rabbits and talk KVs. While this podcast would not be possible without the American Rabbit Breeders Association, it does not constitute an official communication of the association. The information, viewpoints, and opinions expressed herein are those of the hosts and our guests and are not endorsed by the ARBA. To learn more about the ARBA, please visit www.arba.net.